When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. We're live, Nomad. We're live. It's Friday, January 31st. It's Penn State versus Iowa Day. It's 52 degrees in Austin, Texas, and Lil Wayne just dropped an album. Little Wayne just dropped an album, and I tell you, I couldn't be more exci- more excited about a Lil Wayne album drop uh, than I am. For those of you that don't know, I am Dan Lobdell, a.k.a. The Wrestling Nomad, and I'm here with the foremost expert on the Western Wrestling Conference, David Bray. And this is my first edition of Friday FRL. David carried the show last weekend on the first edition of Friday FRL. Uh, we were going to try to... Not avoid, but we, we're not going to talk about Iowa-Penn State <clears throat> too much because the main show did their job and covered the heck out of it. But unfortunately, or not unfortunately, uh, things keep happening, and we got to bring it up. So Jaden Ironman is now apparently enrolled in classes, and I don't think he's going to wrestle tonight, but he can, I guess, theoretically. What, I, do you know anything about this, David? No, I mean, so uh, I think last night um, – Rumors started circulating that Ironman had been enrolled in classes. Uh, people were posting screenshots of the registry uh, at the University of Iowa. And, but we've also heard that, that Ironman has dealt with knee injury and maybe you know, recently had a knee scope, something like that. Um, so, I mean, I think what this says is that they want the option on the table. Yeah. Um, you call the match at Midlands where Max Murin – looked like he had a pretty painful shoulder injury. Now he went on and won the tournament. Yes. Right. So he, he looked really solid there and clearly has been injured, right? He's been wearing a shoulder brace all year long. Uh, but I, I mean, I think probably this is coach brands leaving the option on the table or mm-hmm. at least, you know, moving in the direction of leaving, leaving the, the option on the jar, table yeah. so that if, something does, you know, happen, Murin is more significantly injured, or maybe he is, you know, more injured than we know, uh, that at least kind of leaves the Ironman play uh, available. And it does make sense that Ironman would be injured right now because Coach Brand said after uh, the last duel that it was unlikely Murin would wrestle, and then when the time came for, you know, their weekly media day, he said he definitely wouldn't wrestle. So... Murin is is some level of banged up right now, whether that means he just they're holding him out right now to keep him healthy for March or whether that means he's done for the year and now Jaden Ironman is a legitimate option. Um, he is some level of hurt. Again, uh, he, he had his knee. Aren't saying he recently had his knee scoped, which does not prevent you from wrestling. It usually keeps you out for a short period of time. But uh, if he recently had it done, he can definitely wrestle, you know, in, in February sometime. So 
again, we don't have much information. He's registered. I don't think he's going to wrestle. I don't think you think he's going to wrestle. No. And uh, we don't want to belabor it too much because we don't. Uh, we're not in Iowa City. Maybe our, our uh, friends CP and Ben Askren uh, know, which, by the way, <laughs> CP and Ben are, number one, they're doing live audio mm-hmm. from the duel tonight. And they are also doing a pre-show, I guess, something, uh, I believe around 4.30 at Casey's General Store store. Uh, we don't yet have a sponsor for this show. Uh, we're still looking for one. Yep. Bray was telling a pretty funny story the other day. He's a big Colorado Rockies guy. I'll, I'll, I'll let him tell the story. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, hey, if, if you're out there and you're looking for uh, somebody to do an ad read and you could, like, throw some money our way, let's let's talk. Um, baseball games, if, you, if you're a baseball fan, like, every part of the game will be sponsored by a different every single company, one. right? Like, there will be, okay, somebody's in the on-deck circle brought to you by Austin Lumber and Decking or yeah. whatever. Um, but, yeah, the Rockies games – the bottom of the fifth inning was always sponsored by this liquor store. And so, like, for a couple of years, they would say, now we're heading to the bottom of the fifth. Are you at the bottom of your fifth? Then head over to Applejack Wine and Spirits. So uh, they had to eventually move away from that. Are you at the bottom of your fifth line? I think because they read it every night, and if someone was at the bottom of their fifth every night, that was a serious – That's a excessive. Yeah, that's a cirrhosis uh, issue. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, we don't know. Who could sponsor our show? That would be – Big question. We're still looking for one. Uh, just a quick aside there. Uh, we are going to spend a little bit of time talking about Iowa-Penn State. Uh, again, it is the, the duel of the year. It's the biggest event of the weekend. And uh, while we we want to let the, the main FRL, you know, the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday FRL do, do the bulk of kind of the national, uh, we are still going to touch on those things and give you guys, you know, any updates such as the Ironman thing. Uh, but then give you guys a little more national look. Um, well, I, go ahead. Sorry. One last thing about the Ironman, the Ironman thing. I think so timing wise, people are obviously kind of on high alert thinking about what this means because Penn State is coming to town right now. But keep in mind, like when people register for classes, right? Like he's he's probably registering for classes because, you know, spring semester is just starting or because the ad drop period for classes is happening right now. And it just happens to coincide with with this dual meet. Right. You can't just add classes anytime. Right. Um, So, you know. Probably this is this is a timing thing where uh, you know he wasn't enrolled I think at the beginning of the week and then now all of a sudden he is and and it feels very kind of conspicuous like this must mean he's he's gonna go for this duel but it probably has more to do with just like when you can yeah. enroll in classes right <clears throat> I agree uh, so last night I I wrote an article and it was about. Tom Brand's history against Kale Sanderson uh, and, and how those two, you know, iconic, legendary coaches, uh, you know, two of the best coaches of this generation, of this era, whatever you want to call it, how they have stacked up against each other. And Brands leads the all-time series 7-4. to four. Now, that includes three matches when Kale was at Ohio, uh, excuse me, Iowa State. And then since then, it's been 4-4, four, four, uh, evened up. However, Kale holds, if you look at uh, point differential, Kale holds a, a plus 8. Uh, point lead at Penn State. They've won the last two, both by 15 points. They've won the last two at Carver Hawkeye. So while I picked Penn State, or excuse me, while I picked Iowa to win by two touchdowns, and I think a lot of people are clearly saying Iowa's favored, especially because they're in Carver Hawkeye and it's sold out. Uh, it, it was it was a fun trip down memory lane, going back through all the history of these two guys, at, which you know is. Basically dead even in terms of duels. Obviously, Kale has the edge in 
team national titles, but in terms of duels, these guys have had an excellent rivalry as head coaches. Yeah. A couple small like caveats. One, they didn't wrestle in they didn't have a duel last year, which is 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 criminal if you ask me that yes. Iowa and Penn State didn't wrestle in a duel meet. But um, that would have probably been a year that favored Penn State. Uh, similar to twenty sixteen. Yep. So you know, so maybe that kind of Iowa edge in the series misrepresents a little bit like what what could have been. Um, but it's surprising. It's super surprising to see Iowa with you know, uh, that kind of results against Penn state who's won eight out of the last national titles. And, uh, so um, yeah, that's, that, that really surprised me to see the Iowa over Penn state advantage. Yeah. And, uh, I ended up looking back at where all the duels were and, uh, you know, uh, the last two that were at Penn state were at the Bryce Jordan center. So that kind of evened out the attendance where, you know, rec hall, although it sells out is just physically smaller than, than Carver Hawkeye. Uh, but the, the average attendance for a Penn State duel in the Kale era at Carver Hawkeye, 13,014 fans, and it's going to be sold out tonight, so that's 15,000, 16,000 is going to be packed house. Uh, and, yeah, I, I hope you guys go check out that article. I hope Spay runs that uh, today before, before the match. Um, but I think to kind of close out our Iowa-Penn State talk, <clears throat> we're going to get into the match that I believe – Bray and I are most looking forward to, or the one that has the most maybe intrigue to, mm-hmm. to the two of us, yeah. uh, because it also ties into kind of our theme for the show today, which is 184 in the Big Ten is absolute madness. We have no clue how it's going to be seeded, but we need to start uh, at, at least trying to wrap our heads around conference weekend, how it's going to look, how the bracket's going to shake out. Um, so starting off with Assad Brooks, you know, you would say that they are. Um, Right now, right now, the way it shakes out, theoretically, Assad's the one, Brooks is the three. Again, we still have a few more weeks left of mm-hmm. conference wrestling, but those guys are going to be high in the bracket. So how do you kind of see tonight's match going? Man, a lot of intrigue, and it's it's so like, – these, these guys' parallel seasons has been kind of one of the biggest storylines, and especially when Kassar was still in the mix and it felt like this was going to be a, a knockdown, drag-out team race. Um you know, these two true freshmen meeting for the first time um, in, in Carver Hawkeye Arena is like a big time story. Beginning of the year, I would have said Aaron Brooks all day. Sure. But man, the, the common opponent with Vens um, and, you know, Assad figuring out how to get it done and, and Brooks struggling a little bit against Vens has been, you know, leans me towards Assad. I feel like. Um, I feel like if it's a if it's a match that comes down to grinding out a takedown in the third period, then I I favor Assad. I would not be surprised to see Brooks hit a couple slick takedowns early in the first period and and you know hold on for the win. But um, I don't know the way that Assad has been able to put complete matches together against uh, against. I mean, really, it comes down to Vens, right? Like right. that's the one super high level opponent that they they both have in common, and and so and both pretty um, recently enough where it's mm-hmm. not like oh well that was in you know, November versus January. Yeah. You're, you're looking at you know back to back weekends. But I mean, other than the match with Vens, they've had really similar seasons. Like they've had a lot of success, but they haven't hit the top guys. Um, there's so many much in common between these two guys, and also, I mean, these guys were you know, wrestling in high school, not all that long ago. And now here they are probably two of the top three seeds of big tens at 184. So I don't know. There's a whole lot that matters about this, this 184 match tonight. And it's going to, I think really set the table for big 10 seeds. If Assad wins, he's pretty much going to be the clear number one, unless he takes a loss um, from here on out. 
But if Assad loses, now all of a sudden you've got that, you know, that round robin where everybody's beat each other and it's really hard to know what to do um, with the 184 seats. So it's important. Yeah. And, and before we get into kind of the, the rest of the, the, the rest of the chaos at 184 in the Big Ten, uh, it was just it was striking to me when I was writing some stuff. I forget what article it was. Or, or if it was maybe for FRL, but just the trajectory of these two guys' careers. So <clears throat> in 2017, Abe Assad was a few weight classes down, and he did not place at Illinois. Now, Illinois big school is extremely tough, so it, it, that doesn't mean you're a terrible wrestler by any means, but it doesn't say, I'm going to be a top-ten guy in the country as a yeah. true freshman. Yeah. That same year, Aaron Brooks wins a cadet world title, and everyone goes, whoa, okay, this kid's not just – Good on a national level, he could be good on an international level. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Then the next year, Assad wins a super tough weight in Akron, ends up getting it's kind of surprisingly too. You know the the weight that that we definitely thought was the toughest weight in Akron that year, and then ends up going to win winning a Cadet World Medal. Meanwhile, Brooks makes Junior World Finals. So again, Assad starting to go up, but Brooks still you know clearly. And again, they're a year apart. Uh, Brooks class twenty eighteen. Assad class 2019, but, you know, still kind of far apart. Then Assad wins Super 32, and, you know, he wrestled to who's number one. He ended up losing to Devin Winston. He wrestled to who's number one. 2019, before the er, – yeah, after the final big board came out, Assad gets third at the Open. His only loss to Trent Hydley, who is now, I believe, mm-hmm. number two. We have number two. Uh, and then – wins Fargo over Dustin Plott, who is, is going to be a top-five guy in this 2020 class. Mm-hmm. So Assad going like this. Mm-hmm. And Brooks has the the tough loss at Junior Worlds to a really good guy, kind of throwing that one out. I think there's some weird circumstances there. But the, the, the gap was narrowing a little bit, and now we're seeing those two, and we're considering them equals. I'm picking Assad to win tonight. I think home field advantage – I think Brooks is a little banged up, and I also think Aaron is very much in the mold of a Penn State wrestler where he can take a loss during the regular season and internalize it and maybe turn it into a win, either turn it into a win in the postseason or not let it derail his postseason run. So, And, and I just think this match is more important to Iowa right now, um, to, to for them to kind of – not uh, put the nail in the coffin, but to start to to build the pine box around that Penn State dragon, you know, they're going to want to win this convincingly tonight. They're going to want to win this big uh, because the last time that we thought Penn State was going to lose, when Jason Dolph was out against Ohio State, they still got it done. Yeah, That was in rec hall, and that was a wholly different team. But still a lot of intrigue with that match tonight. I'm picking Assad, but Aaron Brooks is, like I said, a two-time world medalist, so uh, there's absolutely no reason to count Aaron Brooks out. Let's get into the madness of 184, and you kind of blew my mind with this stat here of how compact all these guys are. Yeah, so we've talked, um, you know, people around the country have talked a lot about how 184 is one of those weights where it's a little bit of an outlier in that normally, you know, you look at the top 10 and it's just like riddled with big 10 guys, you know, it's, you know, five of the top eight, you know, seeds or whatever, big 10 at 184, the highest ranked big 10 wrestler is Abasad who's ranked eighth. Mm -hmm. And then 10 of the 184 pounders in the big 10 are ranked between eight and 25. Right. So, Assad's eight, Venn's nine, Brooks ten. You got three in a row, and and then uh, uh, Johnny Sebastian eleven, eight through eleven, 
then Bronigal 13, Cappy 14, Embry 15. So you have nobody in the top seven, and then you have seven of the next top eight in the country, all in the Big Ten. They're super compact. Um, and so even the, the 10 seed, as it sits, right, is, is going to be a ranked wrestler in at 184. And because there's so much parity, we have a weight class where everybody's taking losses to everybody else. And right. Yeah, you mentioned that we had we had talked about trying to kind of frame this episode around 184 because we have some really cool 184 matchups live on Flow this weekend. We'll get into those. Um, so we thought, oh, let's take a shot at like seeding seeding this bracket for Big Tens. That failed. It failed. I st- I started with our man Dan Seifring's Big Ten rankings from from January 21st, right, a week and a half ago. And since then, like almost. Almost everybody's taking an upset loss in this conference because these guys that are going to be so neck and neck. So you're going to see the national rankings just fluctuate constantly week after week. Um, but hopefully, you know, we'll see some guys kind of start to emerge and, and give us some some level of order at 184 uh, or not. I mean, it'd be I guess it'd be plenty, plenty exciting to have uh, just complete madness like we have right now. So looking at the obviously we had, you know, we mentioned Assad Brooks. That, that one's going to be extremely important. Uh Two of the guys who will wrestle live on Flow tonight. The first one, Cam Caffey versus uh, uh, Bronigal, Zach Bronigal, which was a match that Bracky put in his top 10 matches to look forward to this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also tonight you're going to have Owen Webster versus Max Lyon. So Lyon kind of on the outside looking in of that that uh, upper 10 grouping that, mm-hmm. that Bray talked about. Uh, Bray kind of, again, roughly tried to sketch out the seeds. You're looking at Lyon at the eleven. And uh, Webster at the what do we have him at here at the eight? So not a, a whole potential lot for movement. Um, however, your potential number four, right? The guy who who is ranked number eleven right now, Giant Sebastian, has lost to Owen Webster. Mm-hmm. So while it may not look like on paper a potential big matchup now, the spider web effect through throughout this weekend and the next four or five weekends is is going to be huge. Um, well, and just to kind of hang on that uh that that max lion match right like you mentioned he's the 11 seed so how you know how, how much chance does he have there he has wins over cam caffey and jelani Embry. oh that's true he has right? wins over those guys so, too so he, like even even down there at like 11 12 13 14 like this this conference is incredibly close so that's a match that like yeah i'm excited about that owen webster max lion match those are two guys that at the beginning of the year you would you would probably not necessarily think we're going to have like super successful seasons but you know owen webster just beat rocky jordan he's got he's got a win over johnny sebastian right so both those guys are are right in the mix of this as well yeah and then the caffey bronigal match so they met earlier in the year so Mm -hmm. this uh and, and the other thing with with big 10 seeding and all seeding that's hard to do is when you have a season split Mm-hmm. You know, just the, the the timing thing, right? You, you have to take the more recent win, so that that's going to end up coming into play for for seeding because number one, they're going to value the Big Ten competition more, right? The Big Ten duel more, and just because the dual season comes after the tournament portion of the season, that's going to come into play here. Um, so if Caffey can uh, avenge the loss to Bronigal, that could. I mean, the, the way this the way this thing is going, it could vault him up three or four seeds yeah. at the conference tournament. Yeah, yeah. So really important match. Um, I I love the way Cam Caffey wrestles. Man, he uh, if you if you have not 
yet watched his match with Taylor Vence from this weekend. You have to do it. Um, do that this afternoon while you're waiting for live wrestling to get going. Uh, so Kathy, Venz is like very much in control. And remember, Venz just came off the Friday night win over Aaron Brooks. Mm -hmm. And so you're thinking like, okay, Venz lost to Assad, but now he beat Aaron Brooks. He's wrestling really well. Ready to go. Yeah, and through two periods, he's up like 4-1 or 5-1 over Cam Caffey, and he looks great. He's He's got the match well in hand. Uh, Caffey gets an escape, gets a takedown, and and gets a four-point near fall. Cam Caffey beats Taylor Venz, and Caffey can do that, man. He's so electric. He like His offense is, is super exciting. Um, of course, like one of the best heads of hair in the country, maybe maybe top in the country. Unquestionable. And then, you know, obviously not afraid to, to go upper body, right? He was a, a junior world team member. Bronagol, um, I'm, I'm getting myself lost here because uh, both he and his brother have wrestled at junior trials and at, at Fargo and, and duels uh, growing up. So I, I don't want to misspeak on if it was uh, Danny or uh, Zach who had the better Greco season this year. However, point remains is – you could very well see these two guys go upper body. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, although uh, Bronigal won 15-7 at the Michigan State Open, that was, what, November 2nd? Yeah, beginning of the year. So that was months ago. Mm -hmm. And, again, when you have two guys who can go upper body, you have a six-point – you could have a potential six-point swing in a match. Then it could end up going uh, Caffey's way. I, I'll tell you what, though, man. I really like – I really like Bronigal here. I really like that Illinois is kind of flying under the radar. They got third at uh, they got third at Midlands. They're three and zero at home. They had a tight one with Penn State in Rec Hall. So, dual wise, I think I think uh, that kind of favors Illinois a little bit. So I'm gonna go with Bronigal here. Uh, you know what? I I'm gonna take the the, the thriller Cam Caffey. I think ride the uh, hot hand. Yeah, hot, I mean, hot hand at 184 is has been hard to come by. Like <laughs> stringing together more than a couple wins in a row for for a lot of these guys has been has been challenging. But um, I I like I like Caffey's offense. He, I think he's a gamer. Um, I you know I think I think he gets it done here. But I, I feel like picking most of these matches is a fool's errand. But uh, yeah. I'm going opposite you on that one. I'm taking Cam Caffey. Yeah, and I'm gonna go uh, Webster uh, Webster over Lyon for the other one. I, I really like the things that uh, Purdue's doing this year. Obviously, I gave uh, Tony Erson my midseason Coach of the Year award, mm -hmm. uh, but I think Webster is a little better. Uh, and again, um, you know, check out was it you that wrote the the reasons to watch article yeah. for that one? Yeah, yeah. So that was like your number. Uh, that was one one of the the reasons down the list to, to watch this one. Yeah. So yeah. First of all, definitely watch Purdue Minnesota. It's it's like right in that six p.m. Central Time slot, two hours before Iowa Penn State tonight. Perfect. It's perfect. Um, I think it's I think it's probably the best of those early matches. Uh, right now, Minnesota's number five in the country. Purdue's number seven. So, um, you know, really solid teams. Thirteen out of twenty of those wrestlers are ranked in the country. Uh, so it's going to be really solid wrestling, top to bottom, and, and a lot of the matches will be in the balance. In terms of the 184 match, Webster and Lyon, I agree with you. Owen Webster has been – he's been really um, putting it together. And, and Webster was was a big recruit coming out, of, coming out of high school. Ended up wrestling at Augsburg, which is a Division three school, mm -hmm. like basically across the street from University of Minnesota. Uh, so he's been – he's been, you know, in, in Minnesota, um, got it done uh, as an All-American at Division three level. And last year, I think – struggled with consistency saw maybe flashes of of him of his potential but he's just he's i think starting to 
he's starting to execute, especially from the top position and just kind of win some of those grittier moments and matches that, that I, I like to see. So I, I agree with you. I think Owen Webster gets it done tonight over Max Lyon. Um, and I mean, if that, if that is not the case, if Lyon wins, then you're going to see, you could see Max Lyon move from that 11 spot up kind of, you know, back into the middle of the pack at 184. But mm-hmm. I do think it's going to be Webster. A uh, match that's not on flow but will be Madison Square Garden, I believe. Uh, Michigan Rutgers, the match there, Jelani Embry versus Billy Janzer. Uh, Jelani Embry, a guy who has wrestled in who's number one, um, you know, been in starting lineup now for Michigan for a couple years against a, a redshirt freshman, Janzer, a two-time Jersey State champ at, at Delcy. Uh you know, Rutgers, I think, does this sometimes where they get these guys who they're Jersey guys and maybe people don't know about them because some of the Jersey guys kind of stay and, and don't really do freestyle and they, they just win a couple of Jersey State titles. So it's hard to know where they are nationally. Billy Janzer uh, is, is a legit guy nationally. Mm-hmm. You know, Embry coming off the loss to, to Jack Jessen, which mm-hmm. that's another one that throws everything off. Yeah. Um, Jack Jessen, who probably – no, unquestionably the best result of his career to this point. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, I just, I really like Janzer there. Um, I think he's going to need to establish himself because they got another guy coming in, John Poznanski, who's, who's going to be awesome. Um, they have never wrestled before. So, yeah. That's another thing, you know, that I think maybe favors a redshirt freshman, right? You get a guy full of piss and vinegar um, against Embry coming off a loss that, and again, it's in Madison Square Garden. So, the Jersey crowd is going to be out in full effect. Mm-hmm. I think this one favors Janzer. You could be right. You know, um, Jelani Embry, there are times where it feels like he maybe leaves a position or two on the table. Uh, like early in a match will take a lead and then kind of maybe sit on that. We've seen that happen a, a few times. I remember at the at the Black Knight, um, Jelani Embry was in a – he was in a – I think a semifinal match with Allard from Bloomsburg. And, you know, it was, it was a match that I could see being similar to this Janzer match where Embry, he looked like the better wrestler for the first couple of periods, but it was within a point. It was very much in the balance in the end of the match. And Allard ended up taking that one. Um, I could see something like that happening, but I'm going to, I'm going to lean Jelani. I think, I think he, uh, I think he's going to get it done. I think he has, I don't know. I think he's continuing to learn from some of those matches in the past. I think he I think he gets it done. And, you know, we mentioned Big Ten seeding and kind of the importance for Big Ten seeding, not only this week, but going forward, but just the, the, the amount of matches that are really intriguing this weekend is staggering at 184. But Big Tens are going to be at Rutgers. Yep. And so, you know, obviously Janzer and all his teammates are going to want to perform really well there and what will, I believe, is already a sold-out crowd at the rack. So good job to you Jersey fans. Uh, but a guy who unfortunately will not get to wrestle at Big Tens at the Rack, which is just kind of tragic because of how important he was to that program, um, Anthony Ashnall. Yeah. And so just just a quick aside, uh, you know, we brought Anthony down. We did a bunch of technique with him, shot a bunch of videos, and Spay did his stupid podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't say it's stupid. That's literally the name of the podcast, Spay's Stupid Podcast. Please go watch it. Um, the Schnalty episode was awesome i think yeah. maybe his best one so far did you listen to it yeah i did i listened to it yesterday um man anthony ashnault was he was like 
he was like the friendliest guy in the office too. Just like super great guy. Um, we had a lot of fun with, with him around. Um, and he just like, yeah, he's just super approachable. I think that comes across really well in that, in that interview. Uh, Spade did a great job, but you know, Ashnall was. Ashnall makes it easy. He, he makes it easy, right? He, yeah, he, he, he was great. So definitely go listen to that. He gets into, I think maybe my, my favorite part was he got into like, the some of the challenges that came around the recruiting process and having to tell some of the top coaches that he was not going there he's going to Rutgers and um you just don't hear top guys kind of disclose those stories Be that candid too often he was super candid and and Ashnall like he was I mean he was one of the biggest recruits uh, I, I don't know what he if, if well, he went if back he and a, forth with Zane in high school. Like mm-hmm. everyone, everyone forgets that, and, and obviously Zane went on to do incredible things. But yeah. I mean that was that was a real thing. And he talks about growing up loving Penn State before Kale was there. Yeah, before yeah. He talks about emailing Troy Sunderland as like an eighth grader, mm-hmm. getting posters on his wall. Yeah. I mean he he grew up loving Penn State. Yeah, but it's a, yeah, it's a great that's a great episode of the the stupid. Po- I think the stupid podcast is always it's really good. Andrew Spade does a great job, long form interview. So yeah, that's good. I was going to ask you what your favorite part was. I also really liked the so the talking about eighth and ninth grade. So the eighth grade talking about uh, I believe winning Tulsa and, mm-hmm. and being on flow and, and like just how much that influenced him. Going oh man, like I can get this big time exposure for this sport that I love. Yeah, and then being a ninth grader and being undersized, uh, you know, super undersized, super undersized in seventh, eighth grade coming up, wondering, am I going to be big enough? Am I going to be good enough to win a state title uh, with a group of guys? He, he mentioned all the South Plainfield hammers that he grew up with, which yeah. th- that team was like staggeringly good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So coming up through that and then winning that state title. And I believe the quote he said was, well, now that I've won a state title, I can win an NCAA title. I can mm-hmm. win an Olympic gold medal. I can be as good as I want to be in the sport. Yeah. And just hear, just like hearing him, weave that tale about going through freshman season and and uh over, overcoming some doubt and being confident in yourself was amazing his belief man like the thing that the thing about it is I, yeah i think a lot of times people will say like oh man you know the hater the haters will tell you this you know don't listen to the haters the things that people were telling anthony ashnall like were true like dude I, I think people were probably like don't get your hopes too high right like you weigh like 80 pounds how right. are you going to be a state champion in new jersey a single class state, one of the toughest wrestling states in the country. Like, don't get your sights set too high on that. Like, yes. so it wasn't an issue of like, man, it's these doubters, haters that there's all this evidence that he should, you know, win a state title as a freshman. It's like they're, I think they're really trying to tell, <laughs> like, dude, you've got a lot of odds stacked against you, and for him to have confidence and and belief in himself, and then to and to not just have the confidence, but then to do the things every day. Like he talked about waking up every single day in in eighth grade thinking like what what is it today that i'm gonna do that's gonna like you know make me a state champion as a freshman so yeah super super cool really you know inspiring to listen to him and um yeah i I really enjoyed it so check that out so sorry to derail the the 184 talk i just wanted to to uh, plug that and and uh spay i believe he's got it on the site and i think he also has it on on itunes Mm -hmm. and spotify so you you can listen to that podcast anywhere The, the other thing too about um you know kind of thinking about what matches to circle and what duels to watch and, and thinking about this, this Rutgers match <laughs> Rutgers duels are lit. They're so cool. Like the, the match last weekend, um, Purdue Rutgers in the rack, like you would have thought it was, it was, you thought it was Penn State, Penn, Iowa, Penn State, Iowa. Like, the, yeah, people are, are coming apart. The coaching staff is like so invested in every single guy's match. Um, it just, it like, 
some the the crowd and the atmosphere can like really pull me in when I'm watching a duel. Now that, that's one of those atmospheres that like no matter who Rutgers is wrestling, you gotta watch. And, and especially this year where no Suriano, no Ashnell, they're starting four for five freshmen. Yeah. A ton of freshmen. Like yeah. this is clearly uh, a you know down or a building year or it's it's look, it's, it's not as good as last year where they had two national champs. Right. And the crowd's still going insane. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Anyway, we got derailed from 184. We're going to get back on track here with 184. Um, another match that I will be at, the Ohio State-Nebraska. We broke that down yesterday yeah. on, on FRL. Ben and KB and I made our picks. Uh, I, be- I I don't know if Bracky's done a whiteboard war yet for it. I hope he does because it's going to be awesome. I'll be there. Uh, he did put this one in his top ten matches of the week. Taylor Venz, who you know we've been talking about a lot here. And then Rocky Jordan. Mm-hmm. You know, Rocky, so over the summer, I was hearing things that he's really big, he could go 184, and then he starts off one, you know, the year, loses his wrestle off, and just doesn't look like the same guy. They kind of take a different route for him, yeah. um, put him, send him to some open tournaments, and then, of course, Gavin Hoffman now looking up at heavyweight and kind of opens the door for, for Rocky, has some good results, and then kind of takes some some losses, come, comes back down to earth. So um, this is going to be... This is a really important match for both of these guys where you're in the first weekend of February, mm-hmm. you're a month out from conference weekend, and you can kind of uh, you can kind of see where the season could start going like this mm-hmm. for either one of these guys. Yeah. And, you know, Rocky Jordan feels to me um, in a similar category with Brooks and Assad where, uh, you know, he didn't have – any matches in his true freshman year, right? Yeah, he had that foot injury. He had that injury. So, um, you know, this is, a, this is a guy who, like some of those maybe true freshmen or some of those guys who are wrestling their first season of college wrestling, like he is he is inputting data from every match he wrestles, right? Mm-hmm. Like he is learning from from those, you know, from the 5-4 loss to Owen Webster last week, right? He's learning from the 3-1 loss to Abe Assad. He's, uh, I think, you know, he's he – may he he may just be establishing like this is where he is right now but he we may see him make jumps and we've seen that with other freshmen this season you yeah. mentioned Rutgers and their true freshmen right I mean you look at um up kind of up and down their lineup like Aguilar at, at four at uh, 25 he's had like kind of some growth moments where he's you know dropped some matches and then has like climbed back up uh you know at, at 133 um they're obviously you Alvarez. Know, Al- Sammy yeah. Alvarez uh started off the year with you know a few losses and then he has just like turned himself into a definite all-american contender and and so you know he may that, that's what I'm kind of I guess alert to with Rocky is like are we going to start to see him make that one or two adjustments in a match that now he wins instead of loses a t- tight match. Yeah, that's a good point I hadn't thought of where the, the – not the point, but one of the, the main things about a redshirt year is you still get an approximately full schedule, obviously not the, the level of competition, but the number of weigh-ins, you wrestle 30 matches, you go to a bunch of open tournaments, and you have a bunch of stuff to work on. Mm-hmm. He didn't get that. Mm-hmm. He, did, he didn't get that. So this is this is his time to, to gather all that information. That's a really good point. Um, and then another thing for me, and this isn't specifically to Rocky or Abe or, or Aaron, um, hitting the freshman wall, that's a real thing. Yeah. And, yes, we have seen Spencer Lee and Yanni and, and Dayton and Mark Hall and all these guys come in and win national titles as true freshmen. But when you go a little tier down, you still have that very real thing of, look, right now, right now is when most states are gearing up for their state series, right? Mm-hmm. They're starting their postseason, and it ends, you know, 
middle, late February for PA and Jersey. It still goes into March, but not into late March. Yeah. You know, and not against this quality of competition. So with Rocky, with with Abe, with Aaron, with any freshman, are they going to hit a late season wall where guys who have been in a program for four or five years, that's where you see them make those jumps over freshmen. Uh, you know, like, like did this happen with DeSanto against Del Vecchio? Yeah. You know, like, and I know that's kind of a weirdly specific one that came to mind that maybe had nothing to do with that, but just, like, you see those things where freshmen hit a wall and the fifth-year senior, because they've they've gone through college and they know to pace their bodies, they overcome in the postseason. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see. I think that's kind of the, the, the long-term story with Rocky this year. But what do you think in the Venn's match? How do you like that matchup? I think it's going to be – I think Venn's is, is better than, than Rocky. Um, I think the whatever, you know, third-period issues, whether it's weight cut or, or gas or maybe he was sick, who knows. Um, I think that gets gets righted this week, and hopefully they're both they're both at 100%. So, yeah. um, you know, again, you know, when you're making picks, right, CP talks about it, you're looking at best version of a guy. Best version of Taylor Venn should theoretically beat best – Best version of Rocky Jordan. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, Venn certainly gives up points, right? Yeah. Like, he is in super high-scoring matches. He gives up points. But he has so many ways to score uh, and that I, I think he I think he gets it done. Um, he has ways to put guys on their backs as well, which we at, haven't seen yet from Rocky. A pinnacle um, chest wrap. Yeah. So I, I like Vince as well. I think he I think he gets it done here. But definitely woke to Rocky keeping it within a point in the third and uh, and, and getting a takedown. But I'm not going to pick it. Last one. Uh, live on flow. Another Caffey match. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is <laughs> so Bracky wrote a match like, hey, guys, um, just so you're aware, Penn State and Iowa, they have this big match tonight. They're also wrestling on Sunday. Yeah. Both, um, both of them will be on flow. Yeah. So Iowa, Michigan State on Sunday um, and, and I would probably definitely say the best matchup is Assad versus Caffey. Yep. Yeah. That So big weekend for Caffey. Uh, yes, and like Caffey is going to give Assad a look that he's not going to get from from really anybody else, mm-hmm. right? Uh that yeah, you've already mentioned like the the upper body stuff, the Greco the Greco uh success that Caffey's had and yeah, just I mean the this super select duck under all of a sudden like you're you're in trouble. He can put guys on his back like he did with Venz last week and so um I don't know. Really, every time Cam Caffey wrestles, I'm like a little nervous. Appointment viewing, yeah. Yeah, he's de- yeah. he's one of those guys. Like you have to circle and watch. Uh, yes, I think the, the point you made at the beginning, you know, when we started this kind of run through this long thread of all the the, the crazy things that happened to 184 is uh, Assad wins tonight. He wins Sunday. He has the inside track to the one seed. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, in that vein, does that? And we don't even know what the result of Brooks match yet, but does that make the Caffey match a trap match? Yeah, it could. Where you beat Brooks, you're riding this high, you know, maybe the Iowa gets the win over Penn State, and then it's again a freshman who I don't think Assad has any, you know, mental issues uh like that that would cause a mental lapse, but yeah. he's a freshman and yeah. these things sometimes happen. I mean, and like that's what Caffey just did to Venz. Yeah. Venz just had you know, he had he had lost to a side and he had another huge matchup in a big duel, right? Nebraska was very much in that duel to win against Penn State. They needed Vens to come up big in a big spot against Brooks, and he did. Mm-hmm. He he pulls off this huge win and then next next matchup is Caffey. And he's he's looking great, but all of a sudden Caffey sne- you know, yeah. sneaks out an amazing third period and and uh knocks him off so yeah that that's the kind of thing i'm nervous about as well stealing the joke that you and spay made from last week print it out 
Print out the uh, the the rosters. Print it out. Circle this one. Get your pen. Circle uh, Asad Kafi because that may be a trap match. I am picking Abe. I'm picking Abe in both matches this weekend. Um, I I do think right now he is looking like the best guy in 184 in the Big Ten. The guy who um, is looking like the the one seed. However, again, he was wrestling in high school 12 months ago. Yeah. He was gearing up to win an Illinois state title. Yeah. So sometimes these things happen. Yeah. Putting a bow on 184 uh, at Big Ten. We will have new Big Ten rankings next week. Yes. So God bless Dan Seifring for that. Thoughts and prayers, Dan Seifring. That's going to be like, yeah, 184 is going to be going to be completely wild. Yeah. Um, so, so I, you know, but that'll that'll hopefully this weekend could it could give us a little more clarity about mm-hmm. about where everything where everybody kind of sits at, at, uh, at 184. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a note in here about some some teams that guys can keep your eyes on teams that have been building, yeah. and growing, and and you know we've already mentioned one of those Illinois who's going to be on the site a couple times this week. Yeah, so um, they're they're going to be they they have the the Michigan State match, and then on, on Sunday they wrestle um, Northwestern. Yeah, uh, shameless plug to myself. I was just at Northwestern, and I've been a little slow getting some of those. Um, some of those interviews up. All the Sebastian Rivera ones are up. The Deacon one is up. I still need to get another Storniola one up. Mm-hmm. Another, uh, you know, Andrew Howe and a bunch of stuff. So please be on the lookout for that yeah. this this weekend. Um, but anyway, yeah, Illinois. Uh, you know, I, I, real quick, I mentioned it earlier in the show. But third at Midlands, undefeated at home, close to home at Penn State. Um, I think they're kind of sneaking under the radar. And and again, they're much better. The, the construct of the team right now, they're much better dual team mm-hmm. than than uh, tournament team. But, you know, the last few weeks, I think they're going to cause a lot of people problems. And then South Dakota State, man, Damian Hahn, um, I, th- I think he's doing a real good job pacing out the, the season yeah. for the Jackrabbits. They started one and three. They've won six of their last seven, including one over Northern Iowa. Yeah, that, and I mean, that's a team that I think, um, you know, coming into the year, I thought – Man, South Dakota State's gonna have a rough year. At least they have Tanner Sloan, right? Who's who was ranked in the top five at the beginning of the year, ranked and in the top five, Junior World, like great. Yeah. And then Sloan dropped a match early mm-hmm. to Tanner Orndorf in a Utah Valley duel. I was like, man, what's going on? He dropped he's dropped a couple more matches early, and it thought it felt like, all right, yeah. You know, I I kind of I wasn't paying as close attention to South Dakota State as I should have been. Yes. Then all of a sudden. They yeah they knock off you and I and then you look back and you're like okay yeah they've been putting together a really nice season so that is I think that is one of the really hard and underrated things to do in coaching in an FRL mm-hmm. a few weeks ago we talked about how NCAA tournament scoring it doesn't represent very well those teams who who kind of can put a lot of guys into the tournament but maybe don't get anybody sure. on the podium and South Dakota State has gone from a team that at the beginning of the year you would think was maybe going to qualify two guys maybe 49 and 97 to a team that is is winning big dual meets and and looks really solid so um that's huge like Damian Hahn's not going to get coach of the year he's not going to get a ton of press you know coverage for for the job that he's doing there but but if he's doing this with these guys, like just watch out, right? Like they're going to continue mm-hmm. to grow. They're going to continue to get better recruits. They're going to continue to develop them. Um, so yeah, that's huge. Yeah. So just wanted to um, you know talk talk about that a little bit on the show. And uh, again, guys, we're really 
this is still new, right? You know, the the last week was the kind of the first Friday FRL spate, mm-hmm. and Bray did it, and uh, I assume it'll be you guys on Monday because I'll be coming back from Nebraska. So, uh, you know, we're still kind of finding our way with the with these Monday Friday FRLs, but again, we're we're very excited to give you a little different picture of uh, the national scene yeah. and kind of. Um, you know, structure things in interesting ways where we're talking about maybe 184 Big Ten and, you know, maybe a, a 149 in the Big 12. Um, yeah. You know, maybe maybe kind of look at the ACC dual picture now with uh, with North Carolina knocking off Virginia Tech. So kind of maybe giving you guys a little bit different flavor than what you're getting on the, on the primary FRL on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with Ben and, and CP and Bracky. And if you're watching, you'll notice it's a different, a little bit different setup, right? We're, we're using our built-in camera we may be able to kind of play with that eventually but uh, that's by design right like the pared down production is by design so that we can do more episodes remotely if we need to if we're you know on a coverage and we are able to sit down and uh, you know grab a coach or an athlete for for an episode we'd love to do that kind of thing as well so yeah we're, we're trying to be trying to be nimble and uh, try to try to add to what we're doing and, and do new things which is really cool yeah uh, Bray, you are not anywhere this weekend, right? Nope. I'll be here uh, watching watching wrestling all weekend. Really looking forward to it. Yep. I'll be leaving for, again, I'll be leaving for Nebraska, Ohio State tomorrow. So can't wait for that one on Sunday. Uh, let's wrap this one up, and uh, let's get ready for Penn State, Iowa tonight. All right, Penn State, Iowa. Make sure you're listening to, number one, the Casey's General Store, whatever pre-show. <laughs> I don't know what we're calling it. The Extravaganza with Ben CP, and then a few hours later, uh, they got the audio. So sync that up when you're watching so you can listen to Ben and CP it's, call the Iowa Penn State tool. It's the breakfast pizza to the the, the dinner that we'll, you'll have later on. Love it. I think. so. All right. That's a wrap.